Gone are the days of knights and chivalry, and yet that hasn't changed God's vision of you as a man of valor. Today, pornography is a simple mouse click away, and sexual addiction is at an epidemic level. Dr. Mark Laser is an internationally known author and speaker, the leading Christian authority on sexual addiction, and the host of Faithful and True's online radio production, The Men of Valor Program. Here now is Dr. Mark Laser. Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Uh, today we are getting near the end of our series on the uh, book of Nehemiah and the 18 principles of accountability. Today we get to number 15 and we are coming to chapter 5 and eventually here chapter 6 of the book of Nehemiah. And today's principle is the fact that accountability is an ongoing lifelong process. But God provides sustaining energy. That is right. I was just reading the uh, opening paragraph or two of uh, chapter 5. What is becoming clear is that the wall is being successful. They're erecting it, and they're getting it done, and they will, in fact, complete it in uh, chapter 6. So it's it's getting there. And uh, how often does it happen in a project of this magnitude that after a certain amount of time, the people are starting to grumble? They're running out of steam. They're running out of energy. Uh, they're becoming tired, and uh, that comes out here in the opening paragraphs of this uh, chapter. They also, in addition to running out of physical energy, they evidently are running out of financial energy, and the work of the wild is expensive, and uh, they're borrowing money, they're mortgaging crops, they're even selling their own children into slavery, which I guess in those days was not an uncommon practice, as deplorable as it sounds to us uh, modern-day parents, but that's that's what they were doing. And uh, the thing that I think about when we get to this section, this chapter, is that uh, there is no doubt that even today, the work of recovery itself uh, does get very tiring, and uh, it gets uh, very expensive. The expense of counseling, the expense of groups, the expense of workshops, the expense of uh, further evaluations, like even a brain scan that costs about $3,500, you know, those kinds of things. People just get really tired. Uh, Last night at our Tuesday night group, one of the guys who's been coming for a while uh, was saying how tired he's getting of the drive. You know, he lives on the north side, as uh, you and I know, one of our major north-south highways. uh, In the infinite wisdom of the Minnesota Department of Transportation, is being shut down now for about a year. One section of it is being shut down. Of a main highway, yeah. Uh, Yeah, a six-lane highway, north to south, is uh, being completely shut down so that they can, I think, uh, repair some of the bridges on it. And, you know, the effect that that's had is to push all the traffic uh, onto the other highways surrounding it and certainly even some of the local neighborhoods. And uh, I think even the neighbors that live in those neighborhoods are... (laughs) getting tired of all the additional traffic. Well, you're right about that, Mark. And as you say in the book here, this analogy from the book of Nehemiah together with the analogy and how it applies to the men that we work with is such a good fit. You know, you're mentioning that uh, they would get to the point that they would even sell their children into slavery to continue the work. But what you say in in the workbook here is rebuilding is difficult but God is sufficient. Don't sell yourself back into slavery. Yeah, and I think that's a great way to put it, that we can mortgage various things, but we really shouldn't be mortgaging our recovery, meaning that we shouldn't be giving up on our recovery, because that's the temptation. That's the, the, uh, 
the feeling that we have that we need to stop doing certain things because it's taking too much energy. In other words, you know, I imagine that guy starting out last night, you know, looking at the prospect, turning on WCCO and listening to what the traffic report is and saying to himself, do I really want to go to the meeting tonight? Or would I rather just stay home and, uh, you know, watch games or do something different? And uh, it's not so much that he's complacent as I think he he was just tired. You know, he was just tired of making that drive. And well, it's a combination of elements also, Mark, because in our part of the country, uh, we woke up to a, what, 15 below wind chill morning yeah, today. Right, right. And, and that was that was kind of moving into the area last night. So when you take physical and uh, emotional fatigue and then you put it together with the um, obstacle of the roads under construction, and then you add to it the Minnesota weather conditions, yeah. it doesn't take long to come up with some pretty believable excuses yeah. for why you can't make it to the uh, the meeting tonight. But as you say in the workbook, you, you kind of, you referenced a timetable of sorts that you experienced in your journey, where that, um, that six to 12th month of your recovery, mm-hmm. you kind of hit this, um, you hit this stage where it gets very exhausting and you mm-hmm. kind of start to wonder to yourself, will this ever end? Right. Well, I think there's a, uh, that, that's one of the main dynamics. And I think another one of the main dynamics is, uh, you start getting tired of, uh, the label, meaning that in the, in the early days, weeks, and initial months, there is a crisis and you're uh, really uh, having a lot of motivation and energy because you're trying to save your marriage or you're trying to save your family. Uh, you're trying to avoid negative consequences. The adrenaline that the fear brings gives you a lot of energy. Somewhere around the sixth month, I think uh, the adrenaline wears off. It's almost like you go through an adrenaline detox. There's no more crisis you perhaps stabilize things enough that you know now your marriage is going to survive, your wife is going to counseling with you, and maybe that's another piece of it that's getting tiring, but things are not as uh, fear-producing as they used to be. I think another dynamic is that you get tired of the labels. You know, I, I get tired of, I remember uh, sitting in a meeting somewhere around that period of time for me, and, uh, you know, because you always introduce yourself as, hi, my name is Mark, and I'm a recovering sex addict, and I remember just thinking that night, I'm, I'm tired of that label. I'm, you know, it's like, am I not still many other things, you know, other than is my whole identity kind of uh, consumed in calling myself a, uh, a sex addict. And so there, there, I think there was some pushback there. And interestingly enough, back when I was going through this period of time, I was now up at uh, Golden Valley Health Center here in the Twin Cities and working with Dr. Carnes, and he was doing a research project, a research study of uh, some of the alumni of the treatment center. And I was one of those alumni, and one of the questions he was wanting to deal with was, you know, what are the stages of recovery? What are the periods of time? And one of the things we were very interested in is, you know, when is it more likely that one of our alumni is going to uh, relapse? If, if they are going to relapse, when is it going to happen? And by far and away, he found out that the, the biggest time for that relapse is uh, roughly between the 6th to the 12th month. And I think this chapter in uh, the fifth chapter in Nehemiah kind of des- describes what you know, some of the 
emotional roadblocks are there that we're just tired. Uh, it's expensive. We're getting resentful about all the work that we have to do. Uh, we're getting tired of being called a sex addict. And there's, there's just a lot of us, uh, a lot, uh, you know, large parts of us that are just uh, kind of in rebellion about all this work that we've been doing. Well, the examples that you give in the book uh, make it so understandable, I guess is, is the, the term I'm thinking of, because you can see the men that we're working with here, and you have such a hands-on interaction with them because of the not only the one-on-one counseling that you do, but your men's group every week. So you're, you're seeing this dynamic uh, before you where these guys are traveling from all over the Twin Cities. Right. Uh, you've been there. You've been in their shoes. And we can see by the frustration, there's a financial frustration because, like you said, it's expensive. And yet it's... Uh, it's important to keep going, and uh, we're going to take our break right now, but when we come back, you make a statement in here that I, I was really intrigued by, and that was, as a man in the process of transformation, keep your promises. Mm-hmm. I, I want to hear your, your, uh, mm-hmm. your, your thoughts on that subject, because that struck me as a very strong statement. You are listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. Do you struggle with the use of pornography? Faithful and True is a Christian-based counseling center specializing in the treatment of sexual addiction and compulsive behavior issues. Our well-trained staff has the highest levels of clinical expertise combined with personal experience to understand and effectively treat your sexual addiction. We have a proven track record for helping men who are seeking a transformation in their lives. Our Men of Valor three-day intensive workshops, led by Dr. Mark Laser and Dr. Greg Miller, are the most effective and affordable treatment program in the country. Our workshop alumni rate our workshops as life-changing. We also offer workshops for spouses and couples. If you're ready to make a change in your life, and are seeking a treatment program provided by the top Christian experts in the sexual addiction field, visit us today at faithfulandtrue.com to learn more. That's faithfulandtrue.com. Time now for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week is not sent to us, although we have a bunch kind of lined up, but I ran across one this week that I found pertinent to me, and it takes me back to pre-recovery. And uh, one of the email services that uh, I I use in addition to our, is uh, my very first one, which is AOL.com. So AOL.com always has its, uh, you know, latest news and all of that, and uh, one of the news bits that they were promoting yesterday was that uh, evidently uh, Christy Brinkley, who was one of the original models in the uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition, swimsuit edition mm-hmm. uh, had actually been on the cover of it, I think, three times, had decided to make her uh, glorious return 
to uh, being in this year's issue. Not only uh, is she appearing at age 63, um, but she's also including her two younger daughters, one of whom is in her early 20s and one of whom I think was said to be 18, although the picture of her looked to be more like 16 or 17, which, you know, is problematic in and of itself. And what I'm saying is that there are times like this where back before I got into recovery, you know, I was looking at those kind of uh, images. And Christy Brinkley is obviously a very attractive woman, a very, and, you know, the poses in that, that issue are very seductive and all of that. And uh, just the idea that she was going to be in the magazine again kind of took me back to my pre-recovery days and that's sometimes what a trigger can do I, you know it can trigger us back to something that bring we, you back in time right that we must have lusted after uh, earlier so uh, that is that is my trigger of the week and so you know the next time i go to walgreens or wherever i'm going to have to be careful because you know you know you're going to be staring that issue in the face and uh, I know there's going to be a temptation to want to look at it just for good old time's sake, you know. Well, there's a complication there too, Mark, and and that can't be overlooked, and that's the fact that her two young daughters are equally very attractive. Yeah, she right. she is the mother of some some beautiful uh, young girls, and so you're not only looking at the original <laughs> Christy Brinkley, yeah. but you're looking at her beautiful daughters as well, and that it, mm-hmm. that seems to compound uh, that particular trigger, I would think. But it was a good example. I'm, I'm glad that you uh, shared that one with our listeners. Uh, let's bring our listeners back to today's show in which we're talking about Nehemiah, Principle 15, Accountability is an ongoing, lifelong process, but God provides sustaining energy. Yeah, and you had read a, a comment that, uh, can you read that again? Yeah, as, uh, as this excerpt uh, is portrayed uh, in the workbook, and I'm talking about the Life Recovery Guide for Men, which is uh, a resource we have available at faithfulandtrue.com in our online bookstore. Uh, it's a workbook, and uh, we uh, we've had great luck in men's groups using it uh, as a as a resource to guide their their uh, accountability groups. Um, you make the statement that as a man in the process of transformation, keep your promises. Yeah, I reflect on remembering the fact that what we're talking about here in this series is accountability, and what we're saying is here that by ourselves uh, we're going to get tired. Uh, we're going to get complacent, we're going to get rebellious, we're going to get angry, we're going to get emotionally tired, physically tired, spiritually tired, and uh, yet our recovery is based on our commitments to ourselves, to our wife, to our children, to our community, to our friends. When I was thinking about this earlier, I was thinking about that great scene in the uh, story of the Exodus where uh, Moses is uh, commanded by God to stand over the Red Sea and uh, hold up his staff. And at some point, a couple of other men had to come and hold up his arms. And uh, that's where I think accountability comes into this, because we don't all get equally tired at the same time. And uh, if you're in a support group, an accountability group, and you have, as we've talked in earlier principles, you know, those 10 or more guys then there's going to be some in your group that are not as tired as you are. And those are the guys you need to be talking to because they can loan you, in a way, some of their energy. 
Well, and your statement here is powerful in the fact that it struck me that you have made, as the man in transformation, you've made promises to yourself. Right. You've made promises to your spouse. Mm -hmm. uh, you've made promises to uh, your accountability partners. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people depending on you staying true to right. you and the journey that you're upon. Yeah, and I, I've often said that at those times when in my recovery... I've gotten really tired. Uh, today, uh, this morning, I had an opportunity to uh, go do a speech for uh, the organization that used to be called Campus Crusade for Christ, and now they've abbreviated it like a lot of organizations have, and they're simply called Crew. And there was uh, an audience of uh, 50 or more very fresh young faces, you know, young men and women in their early 20s for the most part. And it was... Uh, a very good time of, you know, sharing, and they asked some great questions. And uh, I remember, you know, driving home today, I was just feeling like uh, roughly the hour and a half speech that I did, I mean, it it uh, drained me. Uh, it took, as I'm, as I'm getting older, it took more energy out of me than I remember in those early days. And, uh, but what I was also thinking is that as I was able to stand in front of those young people today and in part uh, telling them, uh, a shorter version of my own story, uh, I was able to say, you know, that I'm coming up in a month to uh, my 30th anniversary of sobriety. I've made promises, not just to my family, uh, uh, certainly Debbie, but I've made promises to a lot of other people. I've put a lot of stuff out there. How disappointing it would be if I reneged on those promises. Uh, what a shame that would be to relapse at this point. And if that were to happen, that takes you back to step one, doesn't it? I mean, you don't... Yeah. That, that, would your recovery have to start as though it were the very first day again? Well, on a, on a technicality, you would have to go, in terms of your definition of sobriety, back to day one. But I think the 30 years of recovery, there's still so many things you've learned, so many things you've done, so many awarenesses that you've had, that you still get credit for all of that. So it's not really that you would go completely back to uh, year one um, because, like I said, you've, you've learned so much. But in terms of sobriety, it would be a major betrayal to uh, Debbie, to my children, to the office staff here, to uh, all those countless people who come here for workshops and everything. So one of the motivations for this that I've had over the years is, you know, just trying to keep alive in my own memory the picture on um, Debbie's face uh, when she first discovered what some of my acting out was and the sadness, the brokenness, the anger, the uh, sense of betrayal. And, you know, part of my commitment over the years has been I, I don't want to see that look again. You could look at it that that's somewhat selfish on my part, but more than that, it's I don't want to be hurtful in that it's way. It's strongly motivational because yeah. the just remembering the depth of that pain, I can see you never wanting to have that experience again. And yeah. speaking of that, uh, again, referencing back to the workbook, you state an experience you had when you were writing this workbook at the time mm -hmm. where you went out to breakfast with a longtime friend of yours who had been sober for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And he told you about a new meeting 
meeting that he had just started and that he was going back to all the basics mm-hmm. uh, of doing all the work all over again. Right. And th- you said, this is a healthy way of life and he doesn't plan to change a thing. Uh, I know that maintaining fellowship and accountability are crucial to your own journey. So mm-hmm. it's like that constant reminder that you're right. telling us about uh, what's going to keep me from falling? What's going to keep me from relapsing? And that is to constantly, it's almost like every day is day one all over for you. That's what's going to keep it fresh in your mind and keep mm-hmm. your motivation and dedication at a, at a peak level. Yeah, and I think the difference uh, today is that if I were to start a new meeting, which I think sometimes is a good thing to do, like he did, and I was, I, uh, I wound up participating in that meeting, there was some fresh energy, some fresh enthusiasm, and we were just practicing principles that, that all of us knew for at least 20 years. But there was uh, not as much of the same level of fear and anxiety that, that would have uh, been there in the early days because, you know, at that point, We'd all been to meetings. We knew what they were. We knew what to say. We knew how to talk about our feelings and be vulnerable and transparent. So it's not like we had to go back completely to day one. But uh, I think it goes back to the idea that uh, our sexuality is often uh, very creative and productive. And sometimes to continue to create new things uh, that we're doing. And, you know, I think for me that's one of the ways to keep me motivated. If all I did uh, over the last 30 years is day after day after day doing the same thing, um, that might get to be boring or frustrating. So we're, we're constantly looking for new challenges, new visions. Uh, I was talking uh, with the group this morning about uh, the challenge that I'm feeling about a couple of different uh, new books that I want to write this year and uh, all of that. So And, you know, being in accountability about that, uh, having my, my team of wise men that uh, guide me and help mentor me at times, I mean, that also keeps it fresh and I really like that image of the uh, two men holding up Moses' arms. There's times when I, uh, I feel like I need that, and that's, that's where accountability comes in. It's amazing when you think of someone as uh, predominant uh, in, uh, in Scripture as Moses. Even he needed the assistance right. of, of friends uh, and, and accountability partners to keep him right. strong and, uh, and on course. You know, I see the great job that you do here every week with leading these men's groups on Mondays and, and every other Wednesday. And as I'm hearing you describe these groups... If, if if you had the energy, whatever, you could virtually have a group every night, couldn't you? I mean, there's that kind of interest mm-hmm. in, in the man, because as soon as we get a new a man coming to us here, they almost immediately, when they hear about the, the groups, mm-hmm. want to become a part of that. Well, yeah. there are physical restrictions to yeah. you know, being able to fit so many guys into a room at one time. Mm-hmm. But uh, hearing you describe creating a new uh, a new group, a new accountability group. You know, is there such thing as guys like you that are in their 25th and 30 years mm-hmm. of, of recovery where a new guy in his first year, second year, mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't quite fit the demographic? Would, is, is are groups like that common or is that something, uh, is that a niche that hasn't really been filled yet? Well, no, I, I think uh, AA used to talk about this, that, you know, why does the guy with 25 or 30 or more years keep going to meetings. Well, he keeps going to meetings to uh, remind himself about some of his basic commitments and promises. 
uh, also to remind himself of what he was like 25 years ago. Right. And, uh, so when I lead these groups and we have guys on their first night and they're discouraged or disappointed or angry or whatever it is, you know, it's always a you know reminder to me of what life used to be like. And, you know, hopefully um, the relationship goes both ways so that, you know, I'm able to hope, hold the hope for them that it can get better. But they're also a reminder to me that I need to continue to work my own program because I'm only like AA would say, one drink away from going back to some of those old days. Well, a recent development here, uh, as most of our listeners know, every month we host the Men of Valor three-day intensive workshop. And I have been really impressed how in recent months your alumni guys, local guys, mm -hmm. have been coming over on the last day of the workshop, Saturday morning, right. and, and they've been putting on a fantastic breakfast right. for these guys who have come to us from across the country and around the world mm -hmm. and they're here for that three-day intensive and here are these guys with all of their healing and experience that they've gone through here mm -hmm. and they see themselves in those same shoes as yeah, these as these right. uh, new guys and that has to be um really supportive mm -hmm. uh to those guys that said I met a whole nother group of guys right. who are willing to be an accountability partner for me That's you know right. yeah and you know it's it that that's a relationship that goes again both ways they they get a lot out of giving back and telling their testimony and uh the uh the new guys get a lot out of seeing that you know there's light at the end of yeah, the tunnel yeah there's hope and light at the end yeah. of the tunnel speaking of hope and light at the end of the tunnel how would you like to leave our listeners today well i'd like to end with that light you know it's uh, we always are moving toward the light jesus is the light of the world and uh, we're always searching for ways to grow closer to him, and that's partly what we're talking about today. Uh, this ongoing journey brings us always ever increasingly closer to God. And there will be ups and downs. There will be times when we're tired, and uh, we stay the course, and we do it one day at a time. And um, before we know it, we have long periods of time of, of uh, sobriety. You have been listening to Dr. Mark Laser. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we thank you for joining us today. We hope that today's message has been beneficial to you and that uh, this will all help you uh, continue to see the light. Uh, may this coming week be a week for you that's filled with many blessings and with great vision. You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at FaithfulandTrue.com. That's FaithfulandTrue.com.